where is a question not asked anywhere near often enough? People often take for granted their where, as they assume that they are able to see everything they need to in their immediate vicinity. They often don't wonder about where until there is a need to step beyond, to step outside, to find out what lays beyond, to follow a voice calling from some other location. Further down the road, I am calling from Elm Lake. I am here again, and yet I'm not fully here. Or maybe I am, and I'm just not entirely sure where here truly is. Is this the here where I was able to have the breakfast sandwich that still haunts me? And where I had a conversation with a young woman who shouldn't even be as old as she is in this timeline? Am I in the here, where I bowled a perfect game, and sat nursing a drink, or speaking with someone who has a long history, both in the excavation and construction fields? Is this a here, where something was discovered below the ground, or high on a cliff face? I've been trying to answer these questions, to figure out the specific where that I am. So much of it seems a blur, and I'm still left trying to decipher the pieces as they come my way. The more I question, the more questions seem to haunt me. I don't quite know what is happening, but I do know two things. First of all, I know that this is not presently the where that I'm used to. The where I spend most of my time until the rainstorm. And second of all, I know that this where, and my presence here, is something I can blame on Jenny Fowler. I know he blames me. I don't know why exactly, but I know that he blames me. He probably feels that he's been set on this random chase trying to find answers that don't exist, and he's holding a grudge because I was the one to present those answers. But I assure you, none of this is my fault, and I'm just as much of a victim in this as anyone else's. Sure, Anthony may think that his life was normal before I came back to Elm Lake, but there is nothing about this town that is normal. We have a group of improvisational actors, alarming in its own right, that changes numbers and membership regularly. 
The moon was stolen from the sky over our town, and don't even get me started on the weirdness of the conferences. If I need to think of my parents like that again. But I digress. Again, I know Anthony blames me. But I am not the catalyst. At least, I don't think so. I'm fairly certain that these things were bound to happen whether I was here in Elm Lake or not. In my discussions with George, I have heard many stories about the strange happenings here, and I refuse to believe that they have all taken place in a win that is after my return home. That would be ridiculous. I'm just me, Jenny, and there's nothing cosmic or deeply unknowable about me. At least not more than any other woman. Of that, I am certain. I think I have found the when, and I'm closing in on the where. The truth behind the signal that has been plaguing us is just around the corner. I simply need to find which corner. I need to figure out exactly where I need to go, and all will be made clear. Nothing is clear. I've tried to speak to George about everything that has happened recently. He keeps talking about the importance of the Owl's Nest Diner, or the dark and stormy pool hall. Neither of these things is correct, but they cloud my mind and make it hard to focus. No, you discovered something, George, I insist. Which sends him off into another story regaling the discovery of the cabin high up overlooking Elm Lake. It's frustrating, because the word I'm searching for is right on the tip of my tongue. It's a word that has nothing to do with cabins, or diners, or pool halls. It's an entirely different wear, and one that I know will help me figure out what direction to move in next. That's the problem of wear, you see. When you don't have a direction, you're presented with multiple wares, and all of them will contain answers, even if you didn't know the questions that would be important to them. I'm needing to hone in on one specific where, one that will draw me closer to figuring out what is happening around Elm Lake, and what is powering the strange signal we keep hearing. I can't just stay at home any longer. And I can't spend all of my free time bouncing between my safe space and this broadcast studio. I need to venture out. And I know that, in her own way, Jenny was trying to point me in a specific direction. This message repeats... Do not stay in your homes. It is not safe there. Follow your instincts. The evacuators can help you. Do not be waylaid. You will discover the where. We are still looking out for you. Do not fear. Fear will not help you. Fear will only hinder you. Where is where you need to be, and when is just out of reach. 
This message repeats. Anthony needs to find his own answers. George is, sadly, of no use to me at present. No, it is Lorraine, who has long held herself apart from me, who holds this particular key. This needed where? The bunker. That was what she said. The bunker. Underground. Buried. And while it was being unearthed, residents being forced to look to the west, apparently myself included. I don't recall it, but that may not have been my current when. After all, any talk of the bunker is clearly not George's current when, as he still has no memory of such a thing, and keeps referring to the cabin, its woodwork, and how he'll be able to use that in the bar of whichever establishment this George thinks he's building. He means well. He's just in the wrong part of the stream. But back to what Lorraine said. The bunker. I have a vague memory of just such a building. It not being there, of course, as it was covered shortly after it was unearthed, but of hearing about it. And West. I feel as though I was both affected and not, although I don't know how such a thing can even come to pass. What I do know is that Lorraine talking about the bunker seems to have unlocked something within her, and she herself is far more interested in the West, and whatever else may lay in that particular where, than she was before. I spoke with George and Lorraine, as you may recall. George spoke of a diner and a bowling alley and a bunker. Wait, not a bunker, the bunker. It felt important, like something I wasn't meant to fully experience. Even while George was flickering through his words, and Lorraine couldn't bring herself to return, I felt like I was being given a gift. Aware. Something once thought unknowable, and yet imminently perceivable. Feeling the weight of such a thought, my mind immediately shifted to Jenny Fowler once again. Jenny, with her basket over her arm, collecting random items across Elm Lake for reasons none of us can fathom, and few can dare to dream. Jenny, who found a way to lock eyes with me during the conferences, imparting a connection seemingly impossible for two who had never had any real connection before, or at least none that I can remember. Jenny, who pointed me in the direction of George and Lorraine, figuring that they might be able to help find some sort of an answer where every previous turn had been met with none. Jenny, who once had her feet pointing firmly west and 
did not change her path when the where was reburied. A bunker. The bunker. Buried. Rediscovered once, but reburied. I need to find a way to convince George and Lorraine that they need to dig again. I've been wandering this particular version of Elm Lake for what feels like days now. The streets are the same, but they aren't quite. The storefronts are largely similar, except where there are glaring differences. The breakfast sandwiches are substandard. This is not my Elm Lake. I should know, because I remember all there is to remember about my Elm Lake. It is a quiet place where children don't go. Except for those few times a year where they are made manifest. It is a joyous place where festivals occur at least annually. It is a sombre place where the town elders force us to play games best left to the history books. It is a place where while setting up a store, one can find themselves pivoted to the West. The West. The bunker. It is out there. And it is waiting. Elm Lake is waiting. 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, Fifteen. Fourteen. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 14, Where, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. The voice of Marcus Grant is Mick Reyna. The voice of The Signal is Maddie Stewart. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. You can find us on both Twitter and Facebook for a little social media strangeness. You can also find us on TikTok as we create visuals to help round out the world of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting app you found our feed. Doing so could help bring new listeners to the call of Elm Lake. If you'd like to support us as we unfold the story, add new voices, and just generally continue to explore this particular creative process, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake. Your support will help us continue to grow and expand on the story and hopefully be able to add even more content within the universe of Elm Lake. Where is simply the beginning question to a series of questions. Without why or how, it is largely meaningless. And yet, 
even without meaning, a sense of joy can be discovered, as a meaningless wear can contain multitudes.